It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And now we welcome in Mary Kay Cabot from sunny Los Angeles. Oh, Mary look Kay, at this. Mary Kay, you oh got out of here. Perfect God. time. Man. That is snowing. That is such a flex. Oh, that's cold. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Can you see? I have some palm trees back here. Can you see them at all? Oh, uh, we, we do. See them. Must be nice. Man, that's that whole... Public schools canceled today for all the snow. <laughs> Perfect timing to get out of town. Hey, she got that Hall of Fame villa right By there. By the way, <laughs> wait a second. Before we talk about anything else with Mary Kay, we've got to talk. You had one of the greatest tweets in the history of Twitter last week with the Dolly Parton tweet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what, did it, what did it say? Oh, we'll pull it up. You will see it in one sec. Mary Kay, please okay. explain your thought process, and we will show the world yeah. the phenomenal tweet. Uh, I can't remember exactly what I said, but if you show it, I said something like um, I was sitting on the on the couch like a big fat stuffed turkey uh, just watching some football, and, uh, and then Dolly happened, and I said uh, something about, you know, now I'm I, – oh, I hit the treadmill – considering implants and uh, <laughs> reassessing everything about my life. <laughs> I read that tweet. Yeah. I started cracking up. And then I was like, wait a second. Is this a fake account? Or did no. Mary Kay actually tweet that? She I was like, this is no, the best. I'm sure it wasn't Mary no, Kay and you know what? Yeah. And, and after that, I was thinking, you know what? That was kind of fun. And when I'm out here in L.A., I'd really like to do uh, like an open mic comedy night. Yes. But – um, but then I realized that it would almost have a, you know, like a little bit of an Andrew Dice Clay vibe to it. And I thought that would get me in way too much trouble. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and somebody would put something out on the internet. And before you know it, I would be, uh, you know, working the target over here that I'm looking at. So, yeah. um, so I couldn't do it, but one more thing before we move forward. And yeah. that is, well, I saw, um, you wanting some advice, you know, some fashion advice, uh, before right. we got started here, and I just wanted to say, funny should you should say that because no, way. no, way. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> look at that! Oh, you got she the DTR the jacket. jacket. She's hey, got bro. the DTR jacket. That's hey, amazing. Looking good you too, Mary Kay. Hey, hey, bro, you that looks me. good. That, that looks good hilarious. on you, Mary Kay. Ah, We're twins now. We're twins. <laughs> right? <laughs> the first and last time that will ever be said That's true. about you and Mary Kay. Yeah. But I like it. I love so that. So I, I had to pull this out. It's a good and, luck, Mary Kay. Kudos to, to my, my colleague, Dan Lobby, who ran and got this for me. Um, a, a bunch of us are staying in this Airbnb out here yeah. in the lovely village of Westwood. Oh, my gosh. Oh, we great. are in this magical little town. It, we could film a Christmas movie here. I mean, all we need is the little country store and then the, um, you know, the the high-powered male executive to come home, home and, and realize that he just wants to chop wood and work in the country store. <laughs> That's all we need. And, and we have... Everything we need here for that movie. You also yeah. need six inches of snow. Man, that's <laughs> no. Bro, you out here winning. Mary Kay, what can you tell us about the injuries that Kevin Stefanski didn't yesterday? 
Well, you know, I just said this also on a, a radio show, and I, I'm sure we talked about it on our podcast that we did yesterday. And that is, you know, when you sit there and you watch Miles Garrett not be able to lift his arm, uh, you know, there's there's no way that you can say with any conviction that there's nothing going wrong in that, um, you know, in that shoulder. So, you know, we know there's something going on in there and we just don't know what. And here's the thing, you know, there's a difference. It can be semantics. Uh, there's a difference between being asked. Um, he was, Kevin Stefanski was asked a series of questions. It was a multiple question. It was like, is there structure? There's no. So there's no structural damage in the in the in the shoulder. And he's going to play on on Saturday, on Sunday. And the answer was, yes, sir. Kevin Stefanski did not sit there on the Zoom yesterday and say, there is no structural damage in that shoulder. I mean, obviously, when you can't lift your shoulder after the game, uh, you know, there's something going on in there that you don't want to be going on. Now, it could just be sore. It could be a sprain, whatever the fact, whatever it is, it's not nothing. So if Miles plays on Sunday, and he probably will, you know, he's going to be fighting through some pain. So, you know, we can we can say with some conviction that that he will be fighting through some pain on Sunday. What about what about Amari Cooper? Obviously, he had the rib injury late. What, what do we know anything new about him? Um, you know what? Same thing with Amari. Amari Cooper's ribs were not broken, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to hurt. It doesn't mean that there isn't something going on in there uh, that, you know, that is, you know, whatever, bruise, whatever the case may be. Uh, as I wrote in my story yesterday, I'm sorry, I got to turn something off here, you guys. I'm getting right. notifications and I need to do something. There we go. Okay, I got that. Um, okay, so Amari, he's another guy. Both of these guys, Miles Garrett and Amari Cooper, they're gamers, they're warriors, they play through pain. And they're going to do that. Amari Cooper is going to play with these hurt ribs because we watched him all last year play through um, – a core muscle injury. So, he, you know, he'll get out there and he'll play. He knows the team needs him. And same thing with Miles Garrett. He'll probably play as well. But, um, you know, these guys are going to be banged up. They're going to be hurt. But they're going to try to get this team to the finish line. Mary Kay, you know, I, I said on my podcast that I actually was happy that they, not happy, but I think that you got to find a small victory. They lost to Denver. They're in L.A. How much does that impact them from going out and exploring L.A.? Or do you think that this is a much more locked-in team this week because of the loss? You know, every single guy that I've talked to has talked about the fact that this is a business trip. They're not out here to have a great time. Uh, you know, they're out here so that they didn't have to fly back and forth. You know, this is not their opportunity to go try their hand at the open mic night, necessarily. Uh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> this is a business trip and uh, and they are you know they're here to work they have their uh, their whole uh, meeting facility set up at their hotel then they come over here to UCLA right now at the place where I'm at I am about an 18 minute walk about um, about a little maybe over a mile walk to the practice fields here at UCLA it's just stunning I mean it's it's really a beautiful setting and so I think they're gonna get a lot of good work done and, you know, I, I think they're going to be able to pull it together, but they are pretty banged up heading into this Rams game. Mary Kay, um, I, you know, I, I was watching the game, and the first thing that, that jumped out to me was Denzel Ward not being there. Um, you know, listen, you know, Greg Newsom had a little bit of a tough game, tough matchup with Cortland uh, Sutton. And I just think, you know, the defense is just different when you don't have a Denzel Ward and you could put Greg Newsom in the slot. And now it's obviously Martin Emerson. 
Um, what is his, uh, you know, what, what is his, his status for this game? Will he play or he's going to be out a couple more weeks? Well, when I first wrote about Denzel Ward, I, I found out that he, uh, you know, he had some kind of a shoulder injury that was bothering him a little more than we, uh, you know, were led to believe. And that, you know, I wrote right away that I thought he could miss games, could miss multiple games. And I still feel that way. I still think that there's a chance that he might not be able to play against the Rams, but everybody heals differently. So you never really know. I mean, he could come out and, and be much better or with you know, with, with methods of getting a guy on the field, maybe they'll be able to find a way to do it. Um, but originally, originally there was thought that, that he was going to have to miss multiple games. This would be number two. And, you know, it's still in wait and see mode. We don't, you know, we don't know yet. We'll find, we'll know a lot more when we get out to practice tomorrow for the first time. Today is an off day for players. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. They are, you know, they're doing their own, you know, rehab. A lot of them came over here to UCLA today to work out. But other than that, um, you know, they're kind of off today. So we'll find out a little bit more tomorrow. But I think it's going to be a pretty sparse practice. All right, Mary Kay. So we we got to talk quarterback now. DTR obviously had the concussion. He's in the protocol. This t- typically guys that go in the protocol do miss at least one game. Although Brock Purdy was in the protocol and then and then played the next week. So it's possible. So I'll ask you, obviously we don't know because you know, we've seen Marquise Goodwin's been out a month with a concussion. If he clears protocol, will he play no matter how late in the week? And B, if he doesn't play, we're all hoping it's definitely Joe Flacco and not P.J. Walker. So what say to you to, the, to those two things? Okay, so let's start with the DTR part. I would not start him this week. Like you okay. said, rookie quarterback still finding his way took a vicious, vicious hit in that game. And even if he somehow clears the concussion protocol, I would not start him on Sunday. He needs to recover uh, from that hit. His mouth was bloodied. And, uh, you know, and that was that was a really, really tough hit that he took. So I would not uh, I would not start him in this game. I don't know how they feel about it yet. Kevin was mum on that yesterday. Again, we'll have a better feel tomorrow if he's um, if he's not clearing the protocol until Friday. It just doesn't make sense. You haven't installed the game plan and all that kind of stuff. P.J. Walker, we know what P.J. Walker is. He's he's a scrappy player that has some talent, some ability, decent arm strength, but he's turning the ball over too much. Now is not the time for him. If you get P.J. Walker in the right situation, you know, you might be able to, uh, you know, to get some starts out of him somewhere, but he, here is not the place. Now is not the time. They are in a playoff push. They've got to protect the football above all else, and he's not the guy to get that done. So that leaves us with Joe Flacco. And again, it's not going to be perfect with Joe Flacco. He just got here last week. Um, but out of the three options that you have right now, that's the one that I would pick. And, you know, I'm guessing that, that maybe they will too. But, you know, I think that's the way that you have to go for this week. Mary Kay, you know, this, the Broncos did some, they did some things offensively that really put some, that showed some holes in this defense. Do you think that this is one of those one-off performances by the defense, or do you think that maybe they have a lot of work that they still need to get done? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, once again, I think they showed some signs of strain of losing a lot of guys. Not having Denzel out there, like Garrett pointed out, uh, that was that was pretty big. That really did change uh, the game plan for the Browns and their coverage schemes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, they were also without Rodney McLeod, so they had to change up their, you know, the safety package. They played a lot of three safety looks. And, um, yeah, they no did Anthony get – Walker, you know, too. No Anthony Walker for the run game. And, you know, it was the second week in a row. They have given up 172 yards and 169 yards rushing in back-to-back weeks. But they did other things in this particular game that were just not like them. And that was giving up third downs and um, and just horrible red zone issues. But if you, I don't know if you guys saw what I wrote last week about the fact that Russell Wilson is kind of on a tear right now. And, um, and he's one of the better quarterbacks the Browns have faced this season. They have not faced a lot of top... 10 top 15 quarterbacks. They just haven't. And Russell Wilson, okay, say what you will about Russell this year, but he is he heading into that game, he was the number 3 rated quarterback in the NFL with a 104.3 rating. So, you know, you have to be doing something right to have those kind of numbers. And Sean Payton, I thought did a masterful job with Russell Wilson in that game. I mean, he dusted off, you know, things that Russell does well with his legs. I mean, he Russell beat the Browns uh, with his legs as much as he did with his arm. So, um, you know, teams are going to see that, you know, you can run the ball right now on the Cleveland Browns. You can get some other things done. You can find somebody blowing a coverage perhaps here and there if you don't have a Denzel Ward, whatever. There are, you know, a few little holes that you can attack. And as I mentioned before, I think sometimes when you get a really good, experienced quarterback, you know, that changes the game. Okay, what do you make of all the drops? Uh, we saw Mari Cooper drop one, and I know it was a little bit low. Um, you, David Njoku has had some issues the last couple of weeks. Um, Cedric Tillman caught, caught the football, but we still haven't seen David Bell or some of these other guys. You know, where are they going to get this production from, from the receiving core, especially with Amari Cooper being banged up a little bit? Well, if Joe Flacco starts, he will be the fourth starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns this season. So I think that has something to do with it. They're adjusting to all different kinds of of passes and balls and the way they come in and, uh, you know, the heat on the ball and all that kind of stuff. But as Amari always says, you know what, that's not my problem. My problem, my job is to catch the football, no matter who's throwing it, no matter how they're throwing it. So, um, you know, he will never use that as an excuse. But I do think that these guys have struggled to adjust to DTR's ball. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it is just the, you know, the way that it is coming in, if it's too much on a flat line, if it's too much on a tight rope, whatever. Um, But they are having a hard time, especially, as you mentioned, David Njoku. I've watched him drop at least seven passes over the last two weeks. He's been working at it. He's on the jugs, but something is not resonating with him when it comes to trying to catch a DTR ball. Same thing a little bit to a certain extent with Amari Cooper. Amari and DTR have not connected well. They have only connected seven out of 19 times for about 37%. So, you know, that's not going to cut it. And that's and that was only for 66 yards and no touchdowns. The best weapon, the best play for this Cleveland Browns offense is the deep ball to Amari Cooper. And they're not getting that right now. If they don't get that, then their passing game is woeful. So somebody's got to throw the deep ball to Amari. And this week, it you know, it should probably be Joe Flacco. Mary Kay, uh, we were talking earlier about 
the amazing performance by JOK. I mean, this guy as a rookie was okay. And then last year he was hideous. I mean, he was he, he was a total disaster. Dequell Jackson, the Browns' best linebacker in the last 30 years, said on this show they should cut him. That's how down he was on them. And this year, he's playing like a monster. Maybe even a pro bowler. I don't know. We're not watching the other linebackers and other teams close enough. Obviously, Jim Schwartz is a big part of that, but he's got to be given some credit. What? How do you explain just how much better this guy is from last year? Well, I think you just gave him a nickname from for last year, and that was Just Okay, J-O-K. Yeah. Um, right. But now, so you, you coined that term. I'll give you credit for it. All right, thank um, you. But, but, but this year, uh, that, that was a phenomenal game by him. That yeah. was an absolutely phenomenal game by him, making tackles for loss and just being exactly where he needed to be uh, almost on every single play to make the play. And that's what they needed uh, with Anthony Walker out, with some of the safeties out. Uh, that's the kind of defensive performance they needed. If everybody can step it up and play like he did last week, then they'll be totally fine going forward. Uh, and they'll get the run, running defense woes shored up and that kind of thing. But that was really, truly a wonderful game by him. Are, is there a food, a restaurant you're looking most forward to going to there? In a, or is it only business for you, Mary Kay? Oh, not only business for me. No way. We're going to have somehow, some way, uh, you know, we will find a way to have fun. We went to a, a really nice little restaurant here in the, the uh, Westwood Village is such a uh, charming, charming place. Um, so everything we need is absolutely right nice. here within walking distance of, of our little lovely Airbnb here. Um, but no, I, we all intend to, to get out and do some cool things. There are uh, writers on this trip that have never been to LA. So, uh, you know, some nice. of those guys are going to go, you know, see some of the touristy sites and then, um, you know, some people are going to go to the beach and, uh, I am going to go to Rodeo drive and pretend like an, I could actually afford something on Rodeo <laughs> drive, <laughs> but I will try to look like I belong there. Mary Kay, I got. I'm gonna text you. There's a there's a Jewish deli in L.A. that I went to when I was there. It was amazing. The food was incredible. I, I can't think of the name, but I'm gonna text you if you want to go. So, I will go. I'll yeah. give it a try. All right. Thanks, Mary Kay. All right, Mary Kay. See Thank you, you later. Hall of Fame. Mary Kay Cabot staying at the Hall of Fame Villa. I mean, that looked so nice where West, she was. West was great. <laughs> I mean, it literally is. It's like Utopia. It's a place that you don't really think exists. And you go there and you're like, okay, this is real. They better not ever yeah. let UCSS get no, no villas. Yeah. <laughs> but we need, if, if, if the Browns go to the Super Bowl, we need a villa. Where's, hey, listen, Vegas. if they go to the Super Bowl, I'm going to pitch that we rent the uh, Airbnb. Yeah. And that we do a 24-7 reality show. Oh. Us in the house. Yes, 100%. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, I mean, yeah. how how often does Bull chip in and do the dishes? And we're going to have, we're going to tell Bernie. <laughs> we don't know. And we're going to tell, we're going to tell Bernie to come through. Do the dishes. <laughs> we're eating out every meal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. DoorDash. This uh, is crazy, Ben. That we're going to bring Bernie in in a few minutes, but first, yeah. Josh Dobbs against Chicago yesterday was Woo! something. I'll just leave it at that. He had a bad game, but like fans dancing on on his terrible performance, saying Andrew Berry's now you got to take on. away your criticism yeah. because he had a bad game. That's stupid. Josh Dobbs, listen, we know what Josh Dobbs is. He's a backup quarterback, and he had a terrible game. But overall, he's had some good games this year. He's played and, well. And the bottom line is, 
the Browns would have been better off with Josh Dobbs than any of the other guys they've had. Fact. Uh, yes. uh, you know, I so agree th- with that. That's it. Now, is it the end of the world? Could they have gotten somebody else? Yeah, okay. But l- this doesn't validate Andrew Berry for trading him. Yeah, I, I agree. agree. Hey, we the most victory lap having fan bases in the world. Like, we do that. Once again, you always say other fan bases are just as bad as us. But man, we can't agree on nothing, bro. We can't, like, we can't, like, if you say Josh Dobbs would have been, nah, he wasn't that good. It's like, Three, yeah, he's two, not that good, but he's a good backup. It's factions <laughs> uh, yeah. or everything. Yeah. Like, there's not just one well, consensus. Well, things have gotten so bad. I was talking about this on my podcast this morning that it's it's politics, it's sports. We get in our camps and we cannot move. It. We, it's oh, This side is always right. That's no nice. matter, even if we know it's wrong in this case. You're going to defend oh, it. We're going to defend it no matter what. I don't know what, how we became that. I don't feel we're like divided. I awful. I don't, I don't I, do that. I see it from both sides. Not everybody you does Because you're rational. I'm a you, fence rider. But, but here's the thing. To Bull's point, it. I don't know where it started. It may have started with politics. I don't know. But Brown's nation, to me was always together. Always. We were always Always. in it together. Always. And now, if you give a dissenting opinion to another Browns fan, where before it used to be like, well, you know, maybe you're right, we'll see. Now it's like, you're wrong. Baker And then the vitriol comes out, and the nails come out, and it's like, yo, bro, we're rooting for the same Same team here. And and, and this, this drives me nuts. You're not a real fan. Oh yeah, yeah right, right. Stop it. <laughs> it. It got really bad with the le- with Baker's last year. I think that was that's where it started. That's where it peaked. However, <laughs> I wasn't here for this, so you're too young. So maybe you got. But I wasn't uh, um, uh, the Achilles Smith debate. Didn't that that. Was it? Didn't that get well, ugly? Well, but that was pre-social media. Yeah, you heard the rumblings. I think what does it yeah. is the social media. Yeah. That makes it worse. It's you, toxic. You, you, it's you'll so see, bad. You'll yes. see four or five comments, and then someone will say, "Well, everyone's saying." No, they're not. Right, right. That's true. <laughs> Oftentimes, it's the vocal minority that we pay attention hey, to, hey, which is why social media is very, very dangerous, in my view. You, it's you, awful. We it's, may it's, not yeah, like. It's we, toxic. Yeah, we may not say, "Okay, we draft people," right? And we may not say, we may think, well, that guy may not be the guy or whatever the case be. But, like, it's not like if they went to the Super Bowl, you're not going to be sitting there rooting for the person. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. He's, he's wearing, like, hey, listen, I'm, people may have not thought Baker was the greatest quarterback or whatever. I still was watching every single game. Why? And rooting like, for and rooting, him. And hoping. Like, you're not and rooting hoping. against him because you don't think he's the guy. If he started throwing for 400 a game, I'd be like, yeah. He is the guy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Well, Earl mentioned this off the air. Earl had a caller on his radio show the other day who said DTR's rookie season has been better than Baker's rookie season. Stop. I'm like, that's that's insanity. No, that's not true. Ba- Baker, <laughs> Baker, Baker set Baker. records. Oh, I said, didn't he break the record he for like He broke the record for touchdowns. Baker, Baker Mayfield had everybody. Break it. Ba- Baker He's had pace everybody yes. crying when he threw them passes against the Jets. We was crying tearfully. I Happy said, tears. I was like, yo, I ain't never remember seen. Remember the Bud Light was flowing. Oh, oh, I ain't never seen some of the throws. I said, he's fit that in there. The Jarvis Landry throw. That boy had When him. he threw it, to, I remember like it was yesterday. He threw it down the seam. Jarvis Landry caught it and scored. I said, oh, I ain't seen a throw like that well, in like then, 40 years. That's why we thought that, it. wow, it was, we've answered the unsolvable. We, we are here. We figured it out. That's why I, I think the most stunning thing to me about how the whole thing happened is how quickly it devolved. It, it we we went quick. from that high to, oh, he's got to go. Like that. It was it's never, crazy. I, See, I, the I, question, I, I, we don't want to go too deep down this road, but the question with Baker was always, 
is he good enough to win you a championship? Right. But then it became you hate him or you love him. Yes. When the reality was he was in the middle. He's a middle. He's a mid-tier quarterback. He wasn't. He wasn't last year. He is back to you know. For all my criticism of Baker, I didn't think he was going to be out of the league. I no. thought he'd be mid. He's not been clutch, and he has. That's been the case this year. But, you know, he he's was a polarizing figure, not Very just polarizing. locally, but it was yeah. national too. No doubt, he's Some worn four he's... jerseys in little more than a year and a half. Right, right, right. He had the best commercials that any Cleveland figure has ever had. The pro- progressive commercials, yeah, yeah, uh, they, they were, were pretty good. They was good. I, actually, yeah. actually, you're saying they're I mean, he didn't write them, but Anthony, he, no, he didn't write them, but you know, but he did a good job acting. Anthony yeah. got a little Baker Mayfield in him too. Like if you look real quick with the beard, like you should be Anthony? like, he got yeah, a little. Like, like, I, I don't think those were the best yeah. commercials. I think it was the commercials where Joel Batonio <laughs> and uh, remember <laughs> the commercial with Joel. Oh no, those were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the best those were the worst, were the, but they were so bad that they were, they were funny. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Tony, it was Timothy Tim Conklin. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? The Mozgov one that Mike Polk brought to our attention. Oh, oh my God. That was all-time worst ever. Hey, hold that on. Was, no, the worst. That is going to age poorly. I would tell <laughs> It Mozgov, already has. No. Hey, I would tell Mozgov to say, listen, burn, go, the burn them tapes. Yeah. No, the worst Gee. commercial was Anderson Verizal for Mr. Heroes. If you go back and listen to what he said, it is. I don't very, even think I remember those. It's very no. pause Are they out there worthy. somewhere? We can I remember Brian yes. Boyer. Oh, they're pause worthy? Oh, my. Oh. What he said. Let's talk about that hot, spicy nah, Capricola six-inch. No, nah, he, nah, he, <laughs> that man, I can't believe they let him get a, just have his commercial. Uh, don't worry. Don't well, worry. I'll tell you this, Jay. I went to the Mike Polk <laughs> Damn variety you, show. Damn you. I went to the Mike Polk variety show, and the Timothy Mozgov commercial is part of what he does. I've seen him use that. <laughs> yeah. Comedy show. Uh, well worth uh, it. Are you guys ready to bring G-boy. in our QB1 here, Bernie Kozar? All right, and let's get Bernie in here. But first, a word from our friends over at FanDuel as the weather gets colder. NFL offers stay red hot on FanDuel Sportsbook. It is America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. And the app is simple to use. You can bet on anything under the sun, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. That is FanDuel.com. Com slash UCSS, an official partner of the NFL, FanDuel, official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And before we bring Bernie on, <laughs> we want to give a shout out to Kevin Hoyt of the Southern California Browns Backers Club for hosting Bernie oh, yeah. in LA this week. So, Bernie, welcome and shout out Kevin Hoyt for being a good Browns fan and welcoming Bernie to the party on Sunday. Welcome, Burn. Burns. Yeah. Hey, guys, good to Burn. be with you. I watched, I watched something on NFL films. And they talked about. Oh, I know where you're going. You, you, did you did you see it was on NFL? Films. Not like the ugly dog. <laughs> yeah, and they talked about how like like your last last play, last drive in Cleveland, and how you went through. Uh, you went to Dallas, and you got there in like five minutes. And they, the guy was talking. I think I think maybe it was Steve Sable. He was talking about how much of a savant you were in picking up a playbook. Mm-hmm. And you had to pick the playbook up in like a day and you studied for like 24 hours straight. Mm. So I think it's a great segue. You know, Joe <laughs> Flacco might be uh, playing this week. How the heck does a veteran quarterback learn a whole new system and call audibles in like 24 hours? Thank you for the great memories. Bringing back a, a great uh, kind of game down in Dallas like that. And coming, coming in here on the set, thinking about what's happening with the Browns in a winter snowstorm like this, knowing that we're going to be out in L.A. Mm-hmm. playing on Sunday afternoon. 
as a man who just turned 60. Joe Flacco is a man who's 38 years old. The weather is our enemy at this time of the <laughs> yeah. year and stuff. So if you're going to have your first start and you're going to be playing, as much as I love Northeastern Ohio and I love the conditions, this isn't the conditions for somebody of age Good right now and yeah. who hasn't played a lot um, in the, uh, so far this season. So all again, not optimal, probably playing out there, but really you want a big G, really kind of condense down and simplify it. Almost like what I think we're going to talk about, about what we probably should have done against Denver at the beginning of the game in terms of not trying to spread them out, taking advantage <laughs> of the running game, being super <coughs> smart with the running game, and then um, a concise amount of pass plays knowing, knowing that um, um, you have an awesome defense and good special teams and you don't want to make mistakes. When I went down to Dallas, I knew I had Emmett Smith. I knew I had a great running game, had an awesome offensive line, outstanding defense. Look at our offensive line and our tackles um, was a big concern last week going into the game. Man, did we run block fantastic. So, you know, we're showing that we have a good running game. We could, we, uh, have the running backs, Fords play good with the defense. So simplify the game plan and, and, and let's run the ball. It is. So with a veteran, obviously you could install more with a veteran like Flacco. You had to learn new playbooks and new terminology and all of that. Flacco's been with the team for a week. Yeah. Um, what percentage of the playbook do you think he'll be able to grasp and will be open to him? Well, because... 50%? Um, I actually think more than that. Really? Be yeah, because, again, I, I did it in a couple days. Now, he's got a couple weeks, and, and um, this may be a shameless little shout-out, but there's a, there's a statistic where I think it's myself, Dan Marino, and Joe Flacco are the only, I think, three quarterbacks to go to the playoffs their first five years in the league. Wow. Is that? It seems like forever, it seems like forever ago, Joe Flacco was a rookie. Mm -hmm. That was 18 years ago. Dang. I still, to, to a 60-year-old, he's still a young man to me, but by football standards, that's an old, older man. He's seen every type of offense. I really believe from a mental standpoint, he'll cognitively be really solid with it. Um, it's it's how do you, you kind of put it together in the heat of battle really quick and, and, again, I think because um, we're a team that likes to use multiple tight ends and, you know, we've been using 12 and 13 personnel, that it lends itself a little more towards having extra guys in to protect. And a veteran quarterback, I think, could understand and learn better um, and manipulate a new system with extra protectors in there. And that's what Coach Stefanski does with, um, with those extra tight ends. Bernie, we were talking, we all said before that if DTR clears protocol, we'd still play him. Mary Kay said, and she makes a good point, he took such a hard hit that she would just sit him this week anyway. What's your thoughts on that, and what's your thoughts on how DTR has played so far? So I know the game didn't turn out uh, the way we wanted. Um, offensively, it looks statistically, it doesn't look like he played that good. I actually enjoyed the way he played. Um, I know it was tough out there. I think we put him in some tough spots. I'm, I'm a big fan of our coaching staff. I can't, it's unbelievable with all the duress, all the injuries that really we're still here at seven and four I agree. And, and decently solid in a playoff spot. We're on our fourth quarterback. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's easy to have hindsight on stuff, but 
If you had to do it again, I think DTR really played pretty solid in the Denver game. That's, hey, for me, who's been physically and mentally scarred from my trips out to Denver. Okay, I know that's not the easiest place to play. Crowd noise is a mess, so I I understand our tackles having trouble with with, uh, the pass rush and stuff. That won't be as bad in L.A. this week. That crowd isn't as loud as Denver. But, man, I actually think he handled himself super well. But I did not hear the Mary Kay segment, but I would concur with her. And, And, again, this is the pros. He's a tough kid. I'm sure he wants to play. Sometimes I think, I've used the phrase, we got to be protected from ourselves, you know, even if he clears protocols, you know, um, there's the, the physical kind of beating he took and the mental kind of, you know, I, I have you mad at when we talk about self-confidence and self-esteem. I love how DTR handles himself in those press conferences, but you can't, you can't possibly have all the self-confidence and self-esteem that you really have or you want to be an NFL quarterback after those couple games and some of those hits he's taken. Yeah. Yeah. Bernie, you know, he's been, not him, but his receivers are struggling to to hold on to the ball. As a quarterback, if you zip it, do you think he should take some off or do you think his guy's got to figure out how to catch his pass? So I'm biased as a quarterback guy, okay? You need, hey, so in, in the crowd and in the public, and in a private meeting room, I absolutely 100% believe you need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You need to figure out how to catch it. It's the pros. Mm-hmm. Now, between you and me on the side, absolutely. You need to work on your touch. You need to absolutely kind of um, balance it. Mm-hmm. His arm strength's unbelievable. <laughs> and in pressure, I get in between the numbers, you know, trying to throw it and overthrow it and stuff. But, boy, that arm talent that he has on a couple of those blitzes, he hit up. He had an out route off his back foot, yes, throwing dude. backwards. Cool. So, you know, for the arm talent that it takes to do that and to throw that on time like that, um, it's pretty special. So, um, with his confidence, with, again, the you matter, the, the self-esteem, the belief in himself, I think he'll have more belief to take a little touch and to throw with uh, not as much velocity. Mm-hmm. But when you're young and you're not exactly mentally clear as to what to do, and you're not sure if that, that robber guy in man coverage or that zone guy is reading your eyes, that you, you tend to sometimes maybe overthrow. How long did it take you to realize that there were gears? There was, you know, some, some balls have to be thrown over a defender. Because it almost looks like, to me, that's a rookie that knows he has a cannon and says, by God, I'm going to use it. Jay, that's a great question. You know, I want to sit here and I want to say, in my rookie year, I got it. You know, halfway through the year, I got it. And I was cool at doing that because father time, it's going to be hard-pressed for any of you to go really back, go back and challenge me. But the truthful answer is it wasn't at all my rookie year. And I still remember playing at the end of the season in December doing some of these things that I think uh, DTR was trying to do, trying to throw it through a guy's heart, okay, because I didn't want the backer or the safety to cut in front of it. So I threw it massive sauce on the ball. Yeah. I, it was, it truthfully, I, it almost like, I can't remember what I had for breakfast, but I remember the 1986, we lost to Green Bay, like week five of my second year. And it wasn't until literally halfway through my second year that it kind of crystallized to me in terms of slowing down slow motion in terms of reading defenses and the ability to use touch with the ball so it it takes a little bit of time and yeah um 
how did you get over, you know, when you get a rookie quarterback and, and they're new, um, they, they're, you know, the game is moving fast, people are coming at them. How did you get out of predetermining where you were going to go? Were gonna go? What, how did you get to a point where you, like, you was like, I got to go through the progressions? Yeah, great. That's a really great point. So that's the NFL and the speed of the guys. They want you to kind of get predetermined, to think you got something, to think it's going to be easy, and then get you to change midstream and stuff. So I'm super versed, and I'm so blessed. Coach Schnellenberger, who's upstairs looking down upon me, and what he foundationally taught me is a college quarterback really transition to the pros. So many young guys don't have that type of tutelage, that type of foundational knowledge. So in turn, they, they really struggle with it. DTR, you know, he had almost 50 starts in college. That actually, I think, really helped kind of his transition, not make that as long. Bernie, we've, uh, shoulder has been a huge theme this year with Deshaun Watson. Now your two best defensive players are dealing with shoulder injuries. Denzel Ward obviously missed the game this past week, and Miles Garrett couldn't even lift his shoulder. They said no structural damage, but we know the Browns' messaging on these injuries hasn't been great. How concerned are you about both Ward and Miles for the rest of the season? Wow, this isn't a setup for sales. I'm, I'm yeah. sitting here with my spray release <laughs> that I spray on my elbow and shoulder and stuff to get through it because I, again, not because Miles Garrett and Denzel were playing football and stuff. I was signing autographs this weekend, and there's still cramps yeah. from not taking care of it Man. when I was younger and right. stuff. You're really famous. With it. No, <laughs> but like, cramp? it still <laughs> hurt. No, literally, that's how bad the elbow is today. I'm, yeah. I'm concerned for Denzel and for um, Miles and our playoff ramifications of yeah. that. Part of, you know, the dominance of this team and, and weathering a, a quarterback issue with four starting quarterbacks looking like this year is that dominant defense. And the shoulder issues, um, you know, the, the, way, the way Miles has to rip and use his speed, you know, playing at 80%, that's still Miles Garrett, but we, we need him really healthy. And, and, and there's a lot of, um, again, this, it'll sound like I'm trying to talk about this from a, um, a plug standpoint or a wellness, but there's really some stuff that you guys know that us players do on the side to get ourselves healthy that privately you need to do sometimes to stay in this game. Some of them aren't good for your long-term health, now, now in the, this new age and stuff, there's some super healthy things that guys could do with IV therapy and stuff that, that you almost, and proteolytic enzymes that these guys really need to do to weather the storm, to make it, because heck, what do we got, seven more games and hopefully playoff games? This is, there's a lot of football to be played. And those shoulders, you know, in this cold weather, tend not to get better when you're banging. And these games are gonna get more physical now. Bernie, when you look at the Rams, what would be your game plan offensively for the Browns to attack, you know, Aaron Donald and whoever they got over there? So, again, I, I, I feel bad. I keep looking upstairs to Marty. I bless you, man, for tolerating me for a guy who was an animal at wanting to throw the ball and attack mm -hmm. those guys. Um, for younger listeners and younger coaches out there, um, I don't overly recommend this, but in the old days, Aaron Donald would be whammed to death, okay, mm -hmm. with those double, triple tight ends, 13-2 personnel. 
power rows with Joe Petonio and um, Wyatt Teller pulling for sure, mm -hmm. coming down on him, understanding my angles. And then you guys know the tricky things you could do with tight end motions and personnel groups. And you got your, your center and nose tackle right here. And you bring a hey, Belichick starts out the Super Bowl with it. You bring your tight end yeah. in motion. You bring bring Nick Harris in motion mm -hmm. at the fullback, and you just again you come down, you crack them. I mean, that's you have to do. You have you, to run the ball at them. Were you surprised you they to. didn't do more of that in Denver because it was working? Yes, um, yes, and and that's. That, that added to, to the issues for DTR, the, the, the tackles. And, and again, Denver, Denver struggled at stopping the run. Um, we were being successful with that. Again, we're talking about this week, uh, the Rams are a little better. They are better at stopping the run. They got Aaron Donald. Look, you make the superstar think. This, isn't, this, isn't, this is why I do health and wellness and healing now. The football, Bernie, is a lot more satanic. Okay, then the healing Bernie right now and that. And you need to be to beat Aaron Donald and to handle that defensive line. You need to be the satanic guy that's coming down, double teaming, whamming, and you got to run right at him. You can't let him have one-on-ones and just pass rush up the field. Yeah. You know, today, and Jay talks about this a little bit, and I think it's, it's, it's coming around like, Everything under the sun, there's nothing new under the sun. It, you know, the systems and it's cyclical. Sometimes you're throwing the ball and doing those things. But even go back to, to your time. The Buffalo Bills went to four Super Bowls, right? Mm -hmm. One of the greatest, the K-Gun offense. You you look at what Warren Moon in Houston was doing. Um, Jerry Glanville and a lot of those teams. You, like you said, in your heart, you wanted to throw the football because that you, you're like, I, I feel like I could give us the best chance to win. As you were calling your own plays and, and dialing up plays where you get your team involved, what what made you stay conscious and, and true to the run game as well? And what, what motivated you to be like, okay, I can't throw the ball every single play? What what kept you honest with the run game? Uh, that's a great question. So Marty Schottenheimer used to say the phrase, great championship teams. If you need a yard, you could always get a yard championship teams if they need a yard you could always stop them from getting a yard so I'm on the offensive side so I full-fledged buy into that that's my 11th commandment if a championship team every team I'm on thou shall be able to run for a yard when <laughs> thou wants to think okay. how important it is that is a gospel a mindset that you and me and the other 10 guys in my huddle will live by all 365 days a year 24 7 365 you will absolutely think about it talk about it so when those half dozen times come up in the course of those 365 days Everybody in that huddle knows exactly what we're going to do. And there's a mindset and a manhood that comes with raising your, L, your testosterone level to do what Jason Kelsey and the Philadelphia Eagles do oh, at incredible. will. Mm -hmm. Okay, Why don't will. other teams do it? Because they don't have Jason Kelsey. Jason yeah. Kelsey, okay. but there's the other great centers. centers. Yeah, no. but that's his... That combination of the Cleveland Heights wrestler, okay, that yeah. wrestling, his body leverage, his tough guy mentality that 
cement cranium, okay, with his strength and leverage, okay, and that mindset, he is not going to be stopped. He wins. Okay, that is, as a quarterback, that's the mindset I had. And actually, as a... You also said uh, Kevin Mack and Ernest Biner. Well, Kevin Mack and Biner. And when you have guys like that who, you know, are tougher than you, and, and really want it and believe it. You got to let the dogs eat. And in a violent game of football, again, this is a, I'm in my spiritual healing way, but in a violent game of football, um, you let the caveman satanic side of you come out. And I, that's, that's how you do it and embrace it. You know, we go back to the Aaron Donald. Um, we all love Leroy Horde. You know, he's on the show. Um, I'm going to be flying out to L.A. tomorrow for the game. I was going to try to be on with him tomorrow. You ask about how to handle Aaron Donald. Joke with Leroy. Kevin Mack, they know Chip checked through. He would so, like in the old days, you can't do this, okay? But when, when you were engaged, when, you, when the lineman had the guy engaged, okay? Cut block. <laughs> well, cut block on the wham is the, the legs are going. Woo. Okay. And then the ribs, like, okay, look at um, Coop. Uh, uh, Coop broke his ribs probably in the game the other day by going up for a pass. So, like, that's fair game. Leroy Horde would chip check through Aaron Donald's rib cage, okay, on his way to yeah. catching a pass. Yeah. I mean, it just it doesn't sound good. I don't really want to be saying this during holiday week. It is what it is, it is but hey, that I, is I, how I love the old school yeah. effect of it. Yeah, but I, you know that what? is. I mean, you're it's good. interesting you bring that up because Tom Brady just said, like on the last week, that the game is is me. Tom Brady should shut up. What is he talking? Listen, about? let me ask my question. All right, go ahead. <laughs> good night. I'm anxious <laughs> to hear what Bernie thinks about because it was a controversial statement. He said that the game is mediocre. He said that the development of young players and coaching is not the same. Do you feel that same way about today's NFL? Um, careful, you're next to Bull. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> you know what? It the game and the coaching has to have changed because, again, it's a, I'm in a healing part of it here, late third quarter, early fourth quarter of my life. Some of the most religious, ethical people off the football field, their mantra was, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Mm -hmm. You know, there was, they were teaching you things that you just don't want to even want to say on air. They were teaching you things that you had to do on the field. So. Mm -hmm. Um, you had to do them to survive, to stay alive, especially as a, a slow QB out there. So um, there is kind of a balance to, um, you know, coaching. Again, I could, I could think of 34 Wham that I would absolutely start the game with against Aaron Donald, okay? <laughs> 34 Wham, and I'd Send tell, a message. Send a message and make yeah. them think the whole game. You know, I'm not trying to hurt them on purpose. But I am trying to get him out of that game, or and I don't head. want him hurting me all game, right. and sure. I don't want him killing our guys. So but that is the mental side. So it's, it is tough now to tell a guys to do that. So that withstanding, because I don't know that that's what Tom Brady was talking about. No, no. It, it, Tom Brady's statement in a vacuum. Did 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 you think that there was something to that? That he's more right than wrong? Well, because a lot of veterans have come out and said Tom Brady's exactly right. But a lot of the younger players are well, like, part of, shut up. Well, if I was the younger players, I would be disagreeing with Tom. And sure. I would be telling him to be quiet. Alex okay. Smith, by the way, a veteran. Is one of the veterans and, that said. And said he play, had the easiest competition in the AFC East, which is true. 
Yeah, yeah but so, he still had to get through the juggernaut to win the Super Bowl. But he always had home like, field advantage. discount. He always yeah, had home field advantage because the he did. He did, but th- I thought that that was a cheap shot because you can't take away his Super Bowls. Well, you it's a cheap it. shot to, right. to dismiss the NFL now when he just retired last year. I don't know that he was – it came off as a cheap shot, I would yeah. agree. I don't think that's the way he intended it. Yeah. But in a vacuum, is Sorry, there anything right. to well, it? Yeah. No, but it's – it's, it's a coaching it's t- and playing. Well, it's, it's, at a le- at to me, it's it's super harder on the coaches, and it's super harder on the players. I mean, why am I sitting here um, beating my chest and a disciple of Marty Schottenheimer and Marty Ball now when I was the, the biggest critic of the Marty Ball and the running at the time, and I apologize, bro. Well, with age comes <laughs> wisdom. Now. Yeah, well, not even wisdom and age. The game's changed. So... You're not allowed to do inside drill. You're not allowed to practice tackling. You're not allowed to hit all the time. So in turn, um, you're 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 making physical mistakes like tackling. That's fair. That, no, that's a, so in turn. Like to me, like it's you get three downs to make ten yards, and you're averaging five to seven yards of running play. Well, by math, that's yeah. 15 right. yards. Like, Analytics just say do, keep doing Just do that every time yeah. until they stop. So, like, I kind of fall into that line of thinking now, and that is pretty prehistoric from, from that perspective. But is it the coach's fault? Because I like the young players. All of us, all of us older guys are cognitively declined, hurting, slash dead. You know, so I don't want to see those young guys have right. to do what it takes Hitting and practice. So it's a fair. It's a good trade-off. I see some of the trade-off. It comes down a little bit, but guys live longer and have better quality of life later. It's it's fine. Nobody's complaining that the product is bad right now. And no disrespect to like Aaron Donald, like, but you got to think about it. Back then, I always tell people, you don't know how much you let people off the hook. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. When you don't run the ball, I'm a D lineman. I don't want to touch you the whole game. That's demoralizing. Aaron Donald is probably, what, 280, right? Yeah. 280? Do you know what type of run game the, the, the Washington Redskins and the Hogs? Do you understand oh, how, what yeah, kind yeah. of game plan? Oh, yeah. they it's they death were, by a million cards. Your, your legs and knees would have been <laughs> he uh, targeted all day. He <laughs> in the lighter foundation. They'd have run him yeah. about it there. I mean, he gave, there's, there's a price to pay for getting sacks. The next thing you know, oh, you want to be upfield? Here's that delayed draw. <laughs> right. You want to be upfield? Here comes the trap play. <laughs> yeah, and here comes Kevin Mack and Leroy, okay, with big chips. You know, big chips, okay? Like, yeah. you're allowed, back in the old days, there was no such thing as a defenseless person. That's Matter of fact, that's your fault if your head's your head not on, on a swivel. swivel. Back then. Yeah. Right, it's yeah. your it's fault back then. Uh, I know we have super chats. Bernie, this guy, I could... This is crazy. I could have this conversation for five hours because there's so many tangents that we can go on. Mm -hmm. We're lucky to have you in when we get you. So thanks for coming in for sure.
And Birdie like, can hang out for overtime if he wants. But let's okay. do some Super Chats real quick. And Super Chats are brought to us by PCC Airfoils. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations at PCC Airfoils <laughs> in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. Just a couple super chats today. The first one comes from Kyle Brenner, says, What's up, guys? Love the show. It's time for the Browns to look into replacing Chad O'Shea with the new wide receiver coach. I assume he's been a big part in picking the talent. I'm not sure how much is a position. Coach I'm not sure of that either. I'm a big Chad O'Shea fan. Uh, his dad uh, was my trainer at the University of Miami nice. at Canes back in 1983. Mike the, O'Shea. The, 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 the position coach isn't, it doesn't have much pull on whether it's Anthony Bell or I doubt it. Uh, Anthony right. Schwartz. Yeah, no, if so, I <laughs> look at it. Have to I, become I, the same guy to me. Yeah, and I know Chad from back at the University of Miami when he was a little <laughs> kid, and then he was with Belichick. They know how to do releases. Yeah. So that foundationally, he's been schooled in kind of the same way I've been schooled. So foundationally, um, I, I really respect and like what he brings to the table. Yeah. All right, next one comes from Simple. Should the Browns make a play for Jarvis Landry? Yes or no, real quick. Oh, across stop. The board. Jarvis Landry? He's been out the league for time two. Did he play last year? He played last year. He's he was still hurt. free agent missed, this year. I think a lot Jarvis of is ready. I was just talking to his guys. He's staying healthy. Is yeah. he really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forgot I mean, all about that. I tell you what, Jarvis, yeah. bring that attitude. I, you know, I, Bell maybe. or Landry? You already know Landry. Okay. Know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Landry. The roster spot. Yes. I think that's by the way, the attitude right now. That's what I was going to say. Can you imagine the infusion of, of energy attitude. that would put into the the locker room? Yeah, I'm a Jarvis Landry fan. I'm a big that's, Jarvis Landry yeah. fan. Yeah, I bring him back. You Over Bell, Landry. He was more of a tactician than a speed guy anyhow, so it's not like whatever speed he lost hey, would have set him back. We are getting to the time of the year where it's miserable. Look at what we're going to walk it out to today. Hey, nobody's running a 4-3 anymore. <laughs> no. We want big, tough guys. Okay? And he, tough, would, physical. he would make the job for DTR easy. Just throw him a little drag route. He can, he'd be physical. There hasn't been a single rumor about him. Nothing. Right, nothing. Completely off the radar. Now, I don't know. Maybe he's got a number that he would come back for and nobody's hit that number. I would love if they would call him and bring him back. Yeah. I just, I think, just him being here and his presence. They talked about the culture and how he helped Baker and change the culture. Bring him back. Yeah. Like, we got two more real quick. First one comes what is he, from. Oh, we have three actually. Yeah. I lied. Our Mac Dog says to fancy committed coaching malpractice for not featuring the run against the worst rushing defense. He should lose play calling duties for a game or undergo 40 hours of Jim Tressel remedial coaching training. <laughs> B Dog 21 said, Everyone forgets JFK lost his brother before camp last year. I have to believe that may have affected his play. And last but not least, DC says, in reference to this picture, and you can take Tag Word Full again, he says, Bull. Looks like a burnt marshmallow. Love you guys. Oh, <laughs> no. No. Oh, I love that oh, picture. The purse. You know what that is? It's uh, not a purse. DTR was wearing that outfit. It's not a purse. It's not a purse. That is not no purse. That's a purse. Is that a purse? It's a duffel bag. That's a purse. Duffel bag. That is not a duffel bag. That's like a new age priest. 
<laughs> that's kind of funny though. I like that. Like, like that, yeah, that's a bad. That's I a gotta get that that's outfit. That's a duffel bag. That man. comes with a small dog. My wife got that. Same I gotta buy that bag. jacket. That person comes with pants. a small dog. He said. <laughs> <laughs> my, chihuahua. My wife a got white that. Chihuahua. My wife got that bag in brown, and it's her duffel bag. It's your wife, not your brother. <laughs> it's true. Like yeah. wife can call it a purse. Like it's your. What, it's a party. Brother calls it a Why purse. Can't, he probably took the strap off. It comes with a strap. Oh, uh, we, we gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> can't oh, talk about missing super. in that picture is a pair of the BK nineteen shoes. Oh, those things are. I met uh, J Rock, yeah. by the way. <laughs> J Rock, man. He likes those go. shoes. Huh? What a great guy. Yeah. Clear catch that. I'm we'll see you on overtime. Uh, yeah, the brown oh, shoes. The live I shoes. Definitely it, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> <laughs> If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.